Welcome back to Sanity. I'm Shane Gordon. It seems that on Saturday, President Trump was tipped off that his arrest was imminent. In fact, by the time this episode airs, he may have already been arrested. The case leading to his possible arrest is complicated, and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not really qualified to discuss it in detail, but I can talk about the predictable and antithetical reaction from right-leaning politicians and pundits. Let's discuss. Saturday, in a Truth Social post written in all capital letters and riddled with errors, President Trump had this to say. Our nation is now third world and dying. The American dream is dead. The radical left anarchists have stolen our presidential election and with it, the heart of our country. American patriots are being arrested and held in captivity like animals, while criminals and leftist thugs are allowed to roam the streets, killing and burning with no retribution. Millions are flooding through our open borders, many from prisons and mental institutions. Crime and inflation are destroying our very way of life. Now illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate that, with no crime being able to be proven, and based on an old and fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors fairy tale, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest, take our nation back. There's a lot going on in this truth, but I only want to discuss a few specifics. President Trump references the, quote, radical left anarchists who have stolen our presidential election. By all accounts, nothing illegal happened in 2020. Did shady things happen? Maybe. I really don't know. But shady and illegal are different. He needs to let go of the 2020 stolen election line and look to the future. And if there truly are shady election dealings, address those specifically with a plan to correct the issues for future elections. President Trump, and let me pause right here and address that I am saying President Trump, the proper and respectful way to refer to or address any former president is to call them President so-and-so. At times I will refer to him as Trump, but any former president deserves to be called president. Anyway, President Trump then goes on to say that American patriots are being arrested and held in captivity like animals, while criminals and leftist thugs are allowed to roam the streets, killing and burning with no retribution. I have to say, and it pains me to say because I am not a fan of Trump and never have been, he's not wrong. Not all January 6th participants were violent criminals. Yet some have been held in reportedly horrible conditions with no chance of bail for over two years. Using terms like animals and leftist thugs is intentionally derogatory, done to get an emotional response, and is sadly on brand for Trump. There is no doubt, however, 
that the BLM riots of 2020 were the most costly riots in U.S. history and were watered down and called peaceful by Democratic politicians and were praised by the mainstream media. The media also downplayed the recent Antifa attack on the police training facility in Atlanta. Yes, you can make a distinction that the January 6th riots were an attempt to overthrow the federal government, but that's honestly a bit of, a, of an overreach. No one was even armed. And both BLM and Antifa riots have routinely engaged in attacks on government agencies, going so far as to close down police stations by setting them on fire. Our own vice president, before becoming VP, helped raise funds to get violent BLM rioters out of jail in the summer of 2020. So yes, there are clearly two different standards for punishment of violent rioters depending on their political affiliation, just as Trump points out. Let's continue dissecting this truth, a term I really hate using, by the way. It just sounds stupid. Anyway, he goes on to say, Millions are flooding through our open borders. Yes, that is accurate. Many from prisons and mental institutions. I doubt that's actually true, but I have no idea. He then says that crime and inflation are destroying our very way of life. This is 100% factual. First, we all know inflation is and has been out of control and is changing the lives of many Americans. I want to spend just a bit more time discussing the crime situation, though. Currently, there's a thread on Twitter regarding a business trip to San Francisco in which an employee's car was broken into, and it's getting a lot of, of attention. Uh, they were having dinner at Fisherman's Wharf. About $10,000 in gear was stolen, as well as passports and other important documents. I want to read the last tweet of the thread and then a series of replies from John Hamasaki of Hamasaki Law in San Francisco. The tweet reads, And my teammates will be scarred forever. Being robbed hits you at your core, especially when it's thousands of dollars of loss. There is no downtown recovery without an aggressive push for safety. Okay, and here are the replies. Interesting. Would getting your car window broken and some stuff stolen leave you scarred forever? Is this what the suburbs do to you? Shelter you from basic city life experiences so that when they happen to you, you are broken to your core? I've had my window broken two times when I was living paycheck to paycheck. It sucked financially, but it had zero impact on my sense of public safety. I can't even imagine the world one must live in where this would be the most traumatizing incident in their life. Again, not to say it doesn't suck, but maybe city life just isn't for you. It's not the suburbs. There is crime. I'm grateful most of it is property crime instead of violent crime, but I've always felt safe in San Francisco, even after being on the wrong side of violent crime. This really highlights how useless it is to be opposed to crime when those in charge don't even try to prevent so-called petty crime. The nature of cities means a high density of people. Anytime there are a lot of people, there are more likely to be disagreements and a greater number of dishonest people. San Francisco has never been crime-free, but John here, 
a criminal defense lawyer, seems to think there isn't even a point in attempting to stop things like vehicle break-ins. In fact, thinking it's a problem makes you soft. It's so bad in San Francisco that people have started taping signs to their car windows stating there is nothing of value in their cars hoping to avoid someone breaking in. The Fisherman's Wharf District has 73 places to eat or drink, 14 hotels, and countless activities. This isn't a small, secluded area of San Francisco. Yet even there, you should just expect your car may be vandalized and your belongings stolen, I guess. President Trump is right. Inflation and crime are ruining our country. Moving on. He then goes on a weird rant about the DA being backed by George Soros and the high crime in New York. Both points are factual. And if you don't know, George Soros has poured millions of dollars into DA campaigns and every city that elected a George Soros-backed DA has seen a rise in overall crime and a decrease in prosecutions of those crimes. Trump then, again, in a very Trumpy and at times difficult to follow way, says he is going to be arrested today for a crime that didn't happen and which multiple other people have investigated and chosen not to bring to court. Who knows if he is or isn't correct about being arrested, but once again, he is correct that multiple people, excuse me, he is correct that multiple people have attempted to get him for this, this mess with Stormy Daniels, and ultimately decided there wasn't much of a case to be made. The Mueller report found there was not enough evidence to indict Trump. The previous New York County District Attorney was very motivated to indict Trump, but ultimately determined there was no case against him. But here we are with current DA Bragg or someone in his office leaking that an indictment is likely, and then President Trump himself is claiming to have knowledge of his impending arrest. Now, the most important part of the truth, according to mainstream media, is this. Protest. Take our nation back. Of course, this is seen as incitement of violence. If anyone else said this, it would be received as a call for a peaceful protest. If individuals then got violent, it would be ignored or downplayed, most likely. But because it is Trump, and he supposedly incited the worst incident since the Civil War, According to the press secretary, he can't mean anything other than burn the country down. As you can see, I think it's stupid that media so obviously has a double standard for Democrats and Republicans, especially when it comes to Trump. All violence is wrong, but our First Amendment protects our right to protest. Calling for a protest is fine. Ignoring violence is not fine. All protests should be respected and all violence should be prosecuted. I know I told you we'd be talking about the political right, but before we do, take a moment to hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to follow, rate, and review. Thank you very much. So, the left is freaking out about Trump's announcement of his own arrest. They're saying he's a flight risk and should be jailed without bail. He's calling for another insurrection. He has broken more laws than anyone in the history of everything. But the right is being just as ridiculous. The predictable response is to downplay what happened. So what did happen? 
Well, prior to Trump's bid for president, Stormy Daniels was already seeking to gain something from her alleged affair with Trump. Now, Trump to this day claims nothing happened, but that's really beside the point. It's not disputed that she was already trying to get something out of this affair. Then in 2016, when Trump was running for president, Stormy was paid $130,000 by Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer at the time, or one of his lawyers at the time. It's important to note that paying hush money is not actually a crime. People agree to things in return for money all the time. I may be willing to pay you some amount of money not to tell people you saw me in my pink underwear. Believe it or not, that is not against the law. The issue comes from the fact that it was listed as legal expenses in Trump's books. Maybe Trump can claim that he really didn't or that he really did think the payments were for legal fees, but that's not really important. The crime of falsifying his company's books is a misdemeanor and has a statute of limitations of two years. So that's already passed. In very simplified terms, in order to create a criminal offense that can still be charged today, the DA is likely going to argue that the payoff was really due to the election and was, therefore, a misuse of campaign finances. This is exactly where all the other attempts at prosecution fell apart. The link between Stormy and misuse of campaign finances is weak at best. So this is what every Republican is freaking out about. Every podcast yesterday talked all about the lack of legal grounds for an indictment. They also talked all about how the Steele dossier, which tried and failed to prove Trump colluded with Russia, was paid for by Hillary Clinton. And Hillary reported the $1 million in payments as legal expenses, which it clearly was not. So all the Republicans are crying about how that was obviously the same as what they're accusing Trump of, but no one's investigating her. Honestly, who cares though? Right now, we're not talking about Hillary. If they really cared, they would have spent the last seven years trying to get people to investigate her. They're only bringing it up now in an attempt to distract from what is happening to Trump, which is exactly what they claim mainstream media always does when a Biden controversy comes up. The hypocrisy is so obvious and tiring. As long as I can remember, Republicans have always said things like, well, you did it and you're not getting in trouble. It's such a childish and unhelpful statement to make. If you really care, be proactive and not reactive. Don't wait until you're in trouble to bring up what someone else did. Republicans need to find a good PR person or just stop spewing the same lines over and over does there appear to be an overreach in this case? I think so, but I'm not worried like all the Republicans who are freaking out. And here's why. While they are decrying the possibility of Trump being arrested, they're also claiming that he can't possibly be convicted. They point out all these other cases that are very similar in which juries found the situation to be uncomfortable, paying off a stripper, but not illegal. They also seem confident that a case like this has never been tried in a New York court, and the evidence is so flimsy that making a legal argument in court will be nearly impossible. So Republicans whine and whine and then say it's not possible for him to be convicted anyway. 
which then leads to the most annoying and antithetical part of their response. Republicans are claiming that a Trump arrest will show the Republican base and many independents that Trump's claims were right the entire time. The deep state and Democrats really are out to get him. The rally behind Trump will be so great that he will win the primary and general election in a landslide. Apparently, a Trump arrest would guarantee he'd be reelected to the White House. So, Republicans, why are you complaining about him possibly being arrested? If President Trump's arrest would be the best thing for his campaign and, once he's elected president, the best thing for our country, why try to argue against his arrest? Republicans make no sense. Is it good Or bad that he's being arrested? Can't he fix the system once he's elected president, even if he is arrested? You don't want to use the broken system against the Democrats while it might be in your favor? Or do you just like whining and destroying the best opportunities you have? Would you prefer he not be arrested, in which case Biden may actually look better and more just because he could say he puts American justice before partisan politics? To be clear, I don't see Biden's administration announcing a pardon or anything, but I bet if they are convinced his arrest would hurt their chances in 2024, they could swing a pardon as a good thing. Because ultimately, Republicans suck at PR, and the Democrats are really good at it. I think that's mainly because Republicans use our government how it was intended. The people's representatives bring forward various ideas in order to best govern the country as a whole. The Democrats are united behind the vision of expanding the role of government and telling people what is best for them instead of listening to the needs of the people. When there is a united front, public relations is much easier. Do I care if Trump is arrested? No. No, I don't. And I honestly don't think anyone else should care either. Is the system one-sided? Yes. And if you can't see that, I highly recommend you take a hard look at your beliefs and willingness to hear and accept information that conflicts with your beliefs. Now, I don't care about Trump being arrested because while I do think our country was better under Trump, I simply don't like him. And I don't think he's good for the Republican Party in the long run. But more than that, his arrest has no bearing on his political campaign. It shouldn't change anything other than potentially further solidifying Republicans behind him. If you care at all, What I think about the whole situation, I actually want to see both Trump and DeSantis destroy themselves. I would like to see Vivek Ramaswamy get more attention from mainstream media. He is a great candidate for president and one I think people of all political backgrounds can get behind. I think he is someone who can unify our country without attempting to rid us of our differences. Biden has destroyed America. Trump isn't much better. DeSantis is a great governor, but seems to lack the breadth of knowledge and understanding necessary to be president. Anyway, I'm losing the thread, so I think that's all I'm going to say about that for today. Thank you for hanging out with me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review. 
And if you're enjoying watching on YouTube, hit that like button. And we'll see you next time on Sanity.